Turn in your Bibles, if you would, please, to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. I don't preach out of the book of Judges too much, but I got into this book and couldn't get out of it. Judges chapter 6. Just leave your Bible open to that chapter. And I, I want to say this to you. A lot of people blame God when something bad happens to them. The first thing that they want to do is blame God. It's amazing how much blame he gets. And the devil gets very little. One of the biggest tricks the devil pulls on a lot of people is to convince them that he doesn't exist. The world will tell you flat out many of them, no, I don't believe that they're the same. Yeah, he convinced you. He pulled the wool over your eyes and you can't see your nose. With us, all of us that believe the Word of God, we know the difference. Now let's look at the Scripture. If I were to put a title on this message tonight, it would be The Element of Surprise. The element of surprise. Verse 1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. What that's saying is that God let them go into the oppressor of the enemy by their choice. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, and because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them the dens which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. They encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth, till thou come into Gaza, of the earth till thou excuse me till thou come into Gaza and left no substance for Israel. Think about it. Neither sheep nor ox nor ass, for they came up with their cattle and their tents, that's the Midianites. They came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number. They entered into the land to destroy it. Israel was greatly impoverished. Because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. It came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. The Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. Which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt. And brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of the oppressor all that oppress you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land and I said unto you I am the Lord your God fear not the gods of the Amorites whose land ye dwell but you are ye have not obeyed my voice now this will apply to some of us if not all of us, because I do believe that there are some people that are walking with the Lord. 
But there's a lot of people that are walking in disobedience and they wonder why God's not answering their prayers. You see, the Lord tells us, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and it goes on to say, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll open the heavens for them. But why should we expect, don't shout me down, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it's not, it's not your pair of shoes. But why should we get upset with the Lord when things are closed and not opening at all? Now, we're not talking about a trial here. Because we all go through trials. We all go through tests and tribulation in our lives. But sometimes we shut the door on the blessings of our God. Come on, come on. We close the door. The devil didn't do it. He tempted us. We were in a test. And because of our disobedience, we shut the heavens up. You say, do you really have power to do that? Of course you do. God answers prayer. But He's not going to bless us in our sinful ways when we walk in disobedience. Now, here's what's happening in the Scripture. They cried to the Lord. Lord, help us. We need help. And you can't get help until we turn from our disobedience to God and cry for help. Did you know a cry is much different from just a prayer? A lot of people pray. There's a big difference when God's children cry to the Lord. And their heart is broken. And their spirit it's hot within them that cries to the Lord, Lord, I need your blessing. I want you. Amen. And the Lord, all He's saying is, then obey me. So the children of Israel for years were under bondage by different tribes. But this time they're under bondage by the Midianites who happened to be one of Abraham's sons. That's right. And see, through the years, they have forgotten the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Midian being one of Abraham's sons, through the years, they got cold and pulled away from the Lord. Now I'm fixing to hit home. Sometimes we as children of God, we get used to Jesus. We get used to going to church. Come on. We get used to lifting our hands. Yes. We get used to singing our pretty songs. We get used to giving just as least we can give. Amen. Expecting the Lord to bless us. That's where you become mechanical in the kingdom. But I promise you, you won't get a prayer through the ceiling. In North Carolina, we say it this way. You won't be able to raise a prayer under a tin tub. (laughs) If we get used to Jesus and we lose our affection for the things of God. When we lose our passion and our desire and our affection for the things of God, we get cold and indifferent. We're no different from certain groups or denominations who have no presence of the Lord. 
No spirit in their sanctuary. It becomes something they got used to, a form and a fashion. And the Lord tells us in the last days they would have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. There is no power. Just basic prayers memorized. I've had the privilege of preaching in some of those places and i got news for you. If you can be hot enough for the Lord, most likely they're going to be dry enough they're going to burn somewhere. Because they're not used to drinking too the water of life. Because I used to say this as a young preacher, I remember saying in her church, I've been to those churches where they're just where all they have is ice cream and cookies all the time, and then just as dry as a cookie, and just as cold as the ice cream. No anointing, no presence of the Lord, no teardrops, no brokenness for the lost. We just care about our four and no more. What little group did we have? That's what we're concerned about. And that's good. But we've got to stretch out our tent cords. We've got to stretch our vision and think global. I charge you. I charge you as a man of God. Alongside this man of God to say to you, don't get stuck in small thinking. Think big. We serve a big God. Think big, Okeechobee, because God wants to do big things in your life. Don't you want to see whole families come to the Lord? Not just one or two here, but I long again in my spirit to see whole families repent of the Lord. Now God decides decides to visit His people. We find in the Scripture, in verse 11, And there came an angel of the Lord, I like the way that's said, and sat under an oak tree, which is an Ophra, that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite and his son Gideon, Fresh wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Remember, the Midianites were like locusts eating up the land. They were the ones that were doing all the prospering. They got all the corn. But here's Midian. He's working in the wheat. I did a search, brother Rick, and I found out that Gideon's name means to hew down. To cut down. Right. Aren't you glad God was calling a man whose name meant hew him down, Amen. cut him down? Right. He's used to hacking wheat. He's used to Travis cutting wheat. But God says, I got something I really want you to cut down. And that's the power of the wicked one and the oppressor in people's lives. Thank God that God's got an anointing on some Gideons in the land that have a sword in their hand. And they're going to cut down the devil, hallelujah, and his work because their name means you down. God didn't make a mistake. This angel of the Lord, you know, I love to 
park. This is one of my things. I love to park my car under a shade tree and talk to God and read His Word. I just do. I like an office, but there's something a little special about parking up under a shade tree and getting that breeze. See? And uh, here Gideon, when this angel approaches him, let's look at that again. The angel approaches him and says unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. You know what? I read about Gideon. Number one, he was a reluctant military man. Spiritual leader that God called to deliver Israel from seven years of oppression by the Midianites. And when the Lord calls him, you better be careful what you say to the Lord. When the Lord called him, this is what he said. Who, me? I'm paraphrasing now. You want me to do what, when, and where? Why? My family is poor in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my father's house. I'm talking to somebody tonight. You may feel the least to honor the call of God in your life. I know I felt that way. You feel the least. Like I'm not qualified. You see, there was somebody that would follow later on in Scriptures the same attitude, but in a different way. It would be Jeremiah when the Lord called him to be a prophet. He didn't say that, well, I'm the poorest in the crowd, but he did say this when the Lord called him. The Lord said, before I formed you, Jeremiah, I knew you. Amen. Before the call of God ever came on you, I knew you, I formed you, and I anointed you to be a prophet, to tear down and to build up. We as servants of God are to tear down the kingdom of Satan and build up the body of Christ. That's how that works. And that angel of the Lord is there having a conversation with him. Now watch what, what he says to him once again. The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. I've had people to tell me that before in my life. And I felt like, why is it that I feel like the Lord is a thousand miles away? If you don't believe I felt like that, ask my wife. She'll tell you. The least. Because you see your faults. You see your qualifications. And well, without the presence of God and the anointing of the Lord in your life, you are nothing. Amen. But a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. That's right. Just a noise. Just a racket. But here, Gideon, he's saying this to him. I would have been afraid to say this. He's saying this to the angel of the Lord. You're telling me 
that I'm a mighty man of valor? And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this before us? Duh. (laughs) And where be all his miracles? Two does. Which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Can I say it the way people talk in the year 2023? Where are you, God? Where are you, Lord? You know that my wife and I, we went through a tragedy six months ago. And I can honestly say I didn't say, where are you, God? I knew where He was. God is God and He will always be God. He sees the future. He knew what Gideon would be like because He's already sent His angel to tell him, you're a mighty man of power. I am? Sure you are. I'm looking at some folks tonight. That the hand of God is on your life. Amen. Mighty men and women of valor that God has used, is using, put His hand on to use now and in the future. Amen. He has chosen you. So let us not be guilty of saying to the Lord, if we have walked in disobedience. Let us not have the audacity to say, Lord, if you <clears throat> if you're really really with me, see the way that Gideon worded it, why is this all befallen up? He's really saying, why is all this stuff happened to us? Because my children brought it on themselves. Here's how it starts. And I'm not here to skin sheep tonight. But here's how it starts. Your prayer life, you just ease up. Don't get upset with me. I'm saying this out of love. You start missing that prayer time and your devotion. Don't spend the time that you should. I got to have a touch from God every day. Amen. We've got to pray, especially now, with the pressures of life that are coming on in the world. There's more demons to fight now than there's ever been in history. Amen. And it's going to take God-fearing people that are loaded, packing with Jesus. That's right. Loaded up with the presence of the Lord in their lives. I've been asking the Lord in the last little while, Lord, bring me closer to you. I need to be closer to you, Lord. So these are the excuses. Where are all your miracles? We used to hear them. Oh, there were great miracles back in Allen's day and Brandon's day and all these people. And there were. But you mean to tell me God's quit on us? Come on. You didn't do that anymore? Here's my answer to that. You don't get out of town much, do you? <laughs> 
just because we think, oh, and you can believe the news media wants to shut it down. They don't want that kind of advertisement. They want to make the church look bad. Talk to me, somebody. Now that's a good place to praise the Lord. They want to rob us of our victories and put us down and act like the church is no good. Well, I got some good things to remind the world about. It's because of the church that we're reaching out to a lost and dark and dying world trying to get them hope instead of confusing the minds of people and telling them anything that they decide that they want to do. They can do it because they're covered by grace. It's going to take more than the grace of God. It's going to take a living life and honoring what God has done in your life. We're saved by grace. We're kept by grace. But don't abuse it. So Gideon, got to move along here. Are you getting anything out of the Word of the Lord tonight? Amen. And the Lord looked on him and said all of this to him. He's making up an excuse. Yeah. And this angel, you know, we always want a sign. And this angel shows him a sign. And he didn't want the angel to leave. He said, stay a little while. I want to cook you something. That's how they did in the Middle East. And so they took him and Gideon did and went and cut up the goat. That's what they ate. Sheep, goat, mutton. Brought it out in a little... I don't know if they had paper plates back then. I doubt it. <laughs> some little basket. Brought in some goat meat. You know. And uh, a little cake. A little barley cake. And put it down on the rock. And the angel of the Lord took his staff and touched that rock. Gabby, the rock caught on fire. And it wasn't a gas-powered stove. It was a God-powered stove. Amen. And set that little meal on fire and consumed it. He knew he'd talked to an angel because of the fire. He says this, which I think is so beautiful. And Gideon perceived that he had, he was an angel of the Lord. Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Because you've seen the angel of the Lord. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. In the Hebrew language, there is no letter J. You would pronounce it with a Y. Yahweh, the name of God. Some people have taken that and made a doctrine out of it. But here the Lord is causing him to hear his voice and the Lord tells him, now you go to your father's house. See, he's got an answer. And you go during the night, because he was afraid to go in the daytime. You go during the night and you tear down the altar of Baal. Right. Is that your father's house? Come on. You took ten men, went with him, they tore down the grove, and went to the high place there and tore down Baal. And he built an altar and offered an ox 
a boy seven years old, and the next morning somebody said, Oh, what has happened? Who tore down the, 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 the God bell that we have here? Who did this? Somebody got to talking. They said, I know exactly who it is. Right. Then they turned against his father and said, Now what are you going to do? He's got to die for killing our God. Right. His father was pretty wise. He said, Well, if he's a God, he can defend himself. Yeah. Let him take care of it. Right. If not, he's no God at all. That's right. The devil's got people's minds blinded. That's right. Thinking, oh yeah, they think everything's a God. Yeah. They make gods every day. They make them out of Hollywood. Amen. I had an old friend. He used to have a play on words. He said, "You ever looked at Hollywood? Hollow wood." <laughs> yeah, it's really rotten inside. But here Gideon, he obeyed what the angel of the Lord had told him and threw that altar down. God blessed him for it. And then the Lord says, all right, now it's time for you to gather your army. <clears throat> and the Lord's given him all kinds of signs. He gathers an army. An army shows up over 32,000 people to fight against the Midianites the Amalekites, and the children of the East. Gideon says, wait a minute. i got to know that I know this is God's will, that the Lord is with me. I like what he does. There's still people that do it. If I get into a situation just on the spur of the moment, who's got a coin? Who's got a quarter? Anybody got a quarter? Rise, bitch. You do have a quarter? A nickel will do. A penny will do. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. You know, in the Bible, they use Shurim and Thamim from the high priest. They pull it out. And if it glowed, it would mean yes or no. If I get in a situation and I don't know, should I go here or should I not go? And I'm afraid and I don't have peace about it. Let's say we were going to go out to eat somewhere. Let's flip a coin. Did you ever hear that statement? Let's flip a coin. Call it, brother. Is it going to be heads or tails? you got to catch it now. And don't flip it once you catch it. Okay? You said heads, didn't you? What is it? It's heads. No, you're not getting it. <laughs> And so we determine by little things like that. They do it all the time in football games. Remember, they toss a coin. Who starts first? Well, with this, Gideon says, Lord, I want to put out a fleece. And in the morning when I get up, if you're with me, let the fleece be wet. And the ground around it be dry. Sure enough, he gets up the next morning. The fleece is soaking wet. And he squeezes it like that. Water into a bowl. He's still not satisfied. That's right. Some of you probably flipped a coin and said, let's do it again. <laughs> so then he prays another prayer for the following night. Lord, if you're really with me. Let the fleece be dry and the ground around it be wet. 
Sure enough, he gets up the next morning. God had honored his request. He said, well, the Lord must be with me then. But he staggered because he knows there's a lot of Midianites and the odds are against him. And the Lord says to him, when the army's there, his army, tell everybody that's fearful and afraid to go home. Boy, and God kept dwindling it all down. 22,000, 10,000, whatever it may be. All the way down to only 300 people. Right. Then a man comes to him. I like this when somebody has a word or a dream from God. Don't you like it? Amen. Brother, if Gabby ever has a dream or vision, you better listen to her. If you ever have a dream, Gabby, a vision, you tell me. I want to know. Because I believe God's given you that gift. Amen. Amen. And the man says, I dreamed a barley cake comes rolling down the hill, knocks over a Midianite tent, and leaves it alone. And said, Surely this is the Lord's doing that the Lord is with Gideon. God gave him that. The different signs. But you've got to understand his background. Where he came from. He needed, and there are a lot of people in the church world that need confirmation. Amen. There's some people need to be told because you don't know their background, where they came from, what they were told growing up, that they were ignorant, that they were dumb, that they would never amount to anything, and they get saved, and they still have to deal with some of that baggage, emotional baggage throughout their life. That's the reason God gives you a pastor to constantly feed you the Word of the Lord and strengthen you with the Word of the Lord and constantly remind you of who you are. That's how we win the battle. We affirm each other and confirm the call of God on each and everybody's life. Please bear with me just a little longer. I promise not to hold you three hours. So Gideon he gets the message. Then the, when he's got these three hundred men, <clears throat> right before that, the other men that were with those three hundred, the Lord told him, "I'm going to separate those because your army's too big." Isn't that something to say? Knowing that, as a matter of fact. I wrote this down in the car on the way here. God reduced Gideon's army from 32,000 to 300. That's 450 to 1. Come on. The Midianites were 135,000 soldiers. What odds? But God had the element of surprise. That's right. Amen. So while they're by the water, the Lord said, those that lack water like a dog, those are the ones I'm going to use. And that's what we get to do. When I was over in Israel many years ago, I remember going there to that body of water. And the Israeli guy told us the way they did it. They would hold 
their weapon in one hand. Let's say, I would hold my weapon, these 300 men, I hold my weapon, either in my right hand or my left one. But I stoop and I lap water like a dog. That was God's way of separating His people. Because, you see, they're alert. There's too many people in God's church that are not alert. That's right. Don't you know the devil encircles us, trying to attack us? The one of the Bible says, watch and pray. So they're lapping water like a dog with that whip. But looking around the whole time. You're not coming to my left or my right without me seeing you. The other ones got down on their hands and knees and just stuffed their head in the water. You can't see anything that way. You're just looking at water. God said, I want this. This is what I want, Gideon. I want those that are paying attention and can follow what I tell them to do. So the night came. Gideon gives the order. The element of surprise. They're in the valley of Jezreel where they say the valley where the battle of Armageddon will take place. They're in Jezreel. They are gathered together, the Midianites, waiting for battle. But God gave His servant Gideon wisdom and said, split up your 300, put 100 here, 100 here, 100 here. Give every man a trumpet. It's night time. Best time to attack. And gave them a little lamp. Trumpet. Think about it. The picture. I want you to take your trumpet in one hand and you do exactly what you see me do. You take and you put that trumpet in your mouth and you sound that trumpet and you yell out the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. See, God had already put His hand on Gideon. And while the enemy is down in the valley, they hear the shout. Can you imagine looking up and all you can see is light surrounding you? It's nighttime. They don't know how many people out there battling against them. What a strategy. We must have a strategy in the kingdom of God. Pray before the battle comes. Seek the Lord before your battle comes. When you're facing it, be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Don't let the evil one catch you unaware. Don't let anything stop you hitting you, but be ready and aware for what may take place in your life. After they shout the sword of the Lord at Gideon and they break those lamps, whoo! The crashing sound put such fear in the Midianites that they turned on each other. You want to get the devil to turn on himself? Praise God when he says you need to be in a pity party. Praise the Lord when he tells you to quit. You just keep moving forward. You say, well, I don't feel it. Didn't ask you if you felt it. You lift your hands and you say, Lord, I surrender to you. I need your help. You may fall today, but you get up before the day is over. I'm being realistic now. You may go get up in the morning and say, This thing, sir, this is a hard time today. I'm really going through it. But let me tell you, before you eat supper at night, before you sit down at the table, have victory. Hallelujah. Defeat your enemy with praise. 
with the element of surprise. Surprise him when he thinks he's got you and got his head on you. You reverse your throw. You wrestle him down. And you keep him down and say, I'm the one in charge. say they had against them? How many million did I? 135,000? Divided by two is what? Somebody divide that for me. You got a calculator on your iPhone? Two divided into 135,000. How much? 67,500. 67,500 here and there are divided up and they're destroying each other. When the devil comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him and confuse your enemy. When you're supposed to be defeated, you're waving victory signs. Hallelujah. That's your victory sign when you put your hands up and praise the Lord and say, this is one battle that we have won. And I just felt the Spirit of the Lord come on me to tell you this. And this won't be the last victory that you have. Or the last one. Or the last one. Or the last one. Or the last one. one. You keep getting victory. Jehovah Shalom. They won the victory. And he brought victory. The mighty man of valor. For 40 years. Jehovah Shalom. And peace, of course, means three things. You'll find that when you go to Israel with me sometime. With us. You meet somebody and say, shut up. Hello. You also say, peace be to you. That's right. And after you leave them, you say it again. Shalom. Peace be you to you. See you later. God gives us peace when we see one another. You know how we say it? God bless you. Because that word peace also means wholeness. Shalom means whole. May you be whole physically, spiritually, in every area of your life. May you be completely whole. Isn't it a good thing when you've got peace in your mind, in your body, and in your spirit? You have peace. That's the shalom of God. One man that thought he was incapable of being a mighty man. You think of mighty as strong. And he's thinking, you got this wrong. I must be having a bad dream. 
know the Lord gave you too many signs. Let us unite our faith here. We're all over there, up the road from you in Melbourne, but we pray for you. We have prayer every Wednesday night, don't we, Brother Rick? We're praying for you. Hope you'll be praying for us. Amen. We need each other. Amen. I need you. I need Brother Tom. Amen. I need Sister Rachel. Because we're fighting the same enemy. The spiritual enemy. And we're going to win. Amen. The Lord is on our side. And, our, and the angels of God encamped round about us. I told you, I had a word from the Lord. Use the element of surprise Amen. on your enemy. Amen. Keep moving forward. Oh, makes us think that we're never... I've heard preachers get up and say, you know, since I've been saved, I haven't had a bad day. <laughs> and I think to myself, are we serving the same God? <laughs> I've heard him say, I haven't had a bad day since I got saved. And I think, I think you're bad about life. Because <laughs> the Bible is full. The Scripture says, when I'm tried, Job said, would you say Job had a bad day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Real bad day. Yeah. Lost everything. Yeah. You used to sing that song, Job was sick for all so long. Till the flesh fell from his bones. His wife, cattle, and children. Everything that he had was gone. Job cried out in his distress. My God has never failed me yet. Troubles come from time to time. But that's alright, I'm not the worrying kind. Yeah. You'll have a bad day, but you'll have more good days than you will have a bad that's day. Right. The older you get, I can't believe I said get. I'm married to an English major here. Get. G-E-T. Still means get. <laughs> I love you, baby. I think we go as far as you can. I'm good. I graduated from the school of hard knocks. What do they call a man? The, the, the girls, the valedictorian? Is that right? Or is that the man? That's either or. It's either. I don't want Tom and I we together. <laughs> Rick wasn't far behind us. <laughs> we love y'all. I said y'all too. You understood what it meant, didn't you? Yeah. You're a beautiful people. One guy said, you're a credit to your people. Blessed of the Lord. You know you're a blessed man. You married this little princess over here. You're blessed. Her, the Lord gave you beautiful children. You're so blessed. Where did the little queen bee go? 
She's back here with her grandma. Rachel has spoiled that child. You notice that? <laughs> I mean, just through observation. Together. We're guilty too. We've spoiled this one. And this one. He looks just like his daddy. So our son used to smile with his eyes. And his daddy told me before he went to heaven, he said, Daddy, I found out something. I said, what is it, Caleb? He said, Judah is me made over again. I said, what would make you say that? He said, he is. He's me in another body. Because of, I said, how do you tell? He said, because I asked him what he liked about school. He said, I like lunch, recess, and talking to pretty girls. So pretty much you got it summed up, son. Once again, did you get anything from the word of the Lord? Amen. Yeah.